Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we have a Q&A jam-packed with training and nutrition content. We're going to talk a little bit about how to reverse diet, what to look for during a maintenance, how your knee is affected by that. We're even going to talk about the world's worst diet that I ever did. I'm talking literally starving myself and dropping these little placebo drops under my tongue every day when I worked at Rite Aid. Um, we're going to dive into a lot of cool stuff today, so I think you're going to really enjoy the talk about fad diets, how to do it properly, um, and just some random ranting that I went on about maintenance calories and, and metabolism. So I think you're going to get a lot of value out of that. Guys, before we jump into the show, I do have two quick shout outs to my sponsors. The first one being Top Notch Nutrition. Head over to topnotchnutrition.com slash boom boom to get the best supplements on the planet. That is not an opinion. That is a factual study done. No, I'm just playing. But um, there is it's a really good company. I love the guys over there and they treat me really well and I would appreciate you guys go check them out as well. If you need somebody that you can trust to provide your supplements, they are the ones. The second sponsor is Creapure who is literally the purest creatine on the planet. They actually uh, provide most of the creatine done on creatine monohydrate studies. So when you see a study, it's most likely done with Creapure, which is a really promising thing because you know you're taking something that is high quality and creatine is one of the best supplements that you could possibly take for cognitive function, performance, recovery, um, um, and even longevity, uh, which has been some really cool, interesting research coming out on that. The last thing I will say before we jump in, guys, please do me a huge favor. We're trying to grow this show, reach more people, and help more people around the world through this microphone. So what you can do for me is take a screenshot of this episode right now, head over to Instagram, post it on your story, and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom so I can see who you are, I can thank you for listening, and I can share it on my story as well. All right, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Yo. Big sigh. Spring is almost here. Dude. Dude, it's so you know what I just so nice out. Somebody uh so I went to make a call and they didn't answer. Hi. And I, I was in my truck and I and I just passed the warehouse because it was so sunny and I was listening to uh Shooters. No. Ah. But that's a great song. Yeah. Uh I did listen to that this morning when I came in. I know. I was listening listening to You're gonna laugh, Old English by the game. Nice. Do you remember that song? Old English. Nah, nah. Yep. That song, and then I was listening to "The Shit." Both on that. That's another song. <laughs> <laughs> Who the shit? The shit. Lord Almighty. It's uh, it's like the first song on that uh, first album he did with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, but it was like sunny West Coast music. I was like, I'm just gonna keep driving. So I did like a big loop in nice. the sun just to take a break from work and rap nice in my truck for a little bit but it's the sun man i love it it's so yeah. fucking nice i actually don't listen to any west coast music like no snoop dogg no dr dre no Ouch. i don't listen to any of it but when it's the summertime it's like on repeat yeah like i feel like i'm listening to so the chronic to only in the summer gotcha but usually i i actually like east coast hip-hop a lot better yeah uh that, joe Definitely not Fat Joe. Bronx, not, the Bronx. Not a big Fat Joe guy. No. I mean, he had a couple good songs, but yeah. no, like Wu-Tang, Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie. Yeah. Even like Clips in Virginia, Wait, Rick Ross in Florida. Oh, oh, you're saying Clips is in Virginia. Yeah. I thought um, you were saying Virginia was a rapper. I was like, no. Um, 
but there's a lot of good. I, I don't Who's know why. Who's in Florida? Rick Ross. I mean, there's a lot of people in Florida. Yeah. Rick Ross, Ace Hood. Yeah. Um, Wale. Two Live no, Crew. Wale's in DC. Wale's in East Coast too. Yeah. Meek Mill is Philly. That's East Coast enough. Yeah, that's pretty East yeah. Coast. Is it? It's not. Yeah. Is it on? No, I don't think so. Yeah, but it's close enough. But yeah, I don't know. It's always we had a we had like an hour and a half long hip hop discussion at dinner in San Diego last yeah. week, and there was this. It was funny. Maybe she's listening. Shout out to her. Yeah, she was like, uh, I can't remember her name. Off, I think her name was Candace. I can't remember. But she was. She goes. Uh, we're all talking about music and just like different things. And she literally goes, "You are completely shocking me." And I was like, "Whoa!" And she was like. Your taste in music is so left field. I was not expecting that because I was like, because we were talking about country, and then I was like, started talking about hip hop, and they brought up like new hip hop, and then I started bringing up like Outkast and like Reasonable Doubt, Jay Z's first album. Yeah, and she was like just staring at me because I guess she's a hip hop head, and she was like, "Your playlists sound crazy. Can I spot it? Follow you on Spotify?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I was like, "I don't know if anybody follows me. I actually have twelve followers on Spotify. Nice, didn't dude. know, and uh, I didn't know you could do that, but." I told her, I was like, you're going to see a lot of random shit in there because we got like every Oasis and Incubus album <laughs> and then Metallica yep. and like heavy metal. I even have some like What's emo and screamo. Alice in Chains. Yeah. Great album. Unplugged. Um, I'll even have like Senses Fail, Silverstein, Chiodos, like some like screamo shit in there. Chiomos? Chiodos. Under Oath. Like some, oh, Under Oath. Yeah. There you remember go. them? Yeah. It's, it's like hardcore emo. Yeah. Punk music, I'll have Distillers and Rancid, like old grungy punk from the 90s, Ramones. And then I have like, yeah, I have everything in there. And then I have like Gangster Rap. And then I got some like Weekend and some <laughs> Luke Bryan. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, not Luke Bryan. I hate Luke God, Bryan. God, thank God. Luke Combs. Like, yeah, Luke Combs. You that's always I, say that. I know. That's what that's I meant. That's so dis, uh, disrespectful. Po- yeah, polar opposites. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I have a lot of Luke Bryant or Luke Combs in there because Shannon. Um, I have every. I, I've downloaded all the Chris Stapleton too. He's by far the best yeah. country artist to me. I mean, the ones you know, but yes, I agree. He is up there. He's just absolutely. I think he's I, a purist, dude. I think the reason too I like <clears throat> him so much is because he doesn't sound super country. He sounds more bluesy to me. Oh, absolutely. But that's why I like him more. Yeah. But or bluegrass. Yeah, dude, it's great. That's even like I even have a like Kings of Leon is in my playlist and shit. Like I have so much random music in there. Yeah, it's weird. Like if you click shuffle, it's so like back and forth. You're listening to Meek Mill and then Green Day and then fucking yeah, dude. It's just like (laughs) it's crazy. Damn, it's diverse palette. Let's get back. Let's get let's get on to the Q and A, man. I'm not a your music connoisseur. Mind blowing me. What did she say, Candace? (laughs) <laughs> she said, you're shocking me. You're shocking. Your music taste is shocking me. <laughs> At first, I, I was like, well, sorry. And then she was like, "Like, I'm impressed. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. Dope. But. All right, cool. Um, let's start it off. First question is from Jillian Byron. My question to you is about what I need to do based on my progress. Dude, this thing is Do you want me to take it over? Massive. I'm going to let you read it out. There's very. I got it. Oh, yep. My question to you is about what I need to do based on my progress. I reached maintenance with a coach about six months ago and have remained there since. I have noticed a trend that I have been slowly starting to gain weight, scale number, and also have physique changes, less toned slash losing definition. My workout routine has changed since finding maintenance by doing more lifting and less cardio. 
glad to hear that. With being a girl, I get nervous with the number on the scale goes up, but I don't want to get in the negative headspace and panic when it could be normal or good to me, good for me. I have gained two pounds in about a month and a half, two, so two and a pound, oh, two pounds in a month and a half without trying to, if that makes sense. Only macro change in that time frame has been increased protein, 130 to 145 grams about two weeks ago. I am lean for my height, 128 pounds, 510, biofeedback is good, hormones are good. My question, should I alter macros, mini cut, full cut, stay where I'm at and see what happens for longer? Am I just going into a lean gain phase? I apologize for this lengthy email. I wanted to give you all the information you might need to answer the question. I'm extremely interested in getting a coach, but worried I will not be able to avoid it. I'm assuming she might afford it. Yeah. Thank you so much in advance. Keep being awesome sauce. Jill Bryan. Byron. So first and foremost, click the link in the description. Apply for coaching. You never know. You might be able to afford it. And we can uh, – there's more options than you realize because even with the tailored trainer and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I just have to put this context out. Nothing is going to provide as great of results as having a coach. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why like, I don't do my own training and nutrition, right? Because like, having a coach helps you. Like Andres was here yesterday. He has another coach in my life. Like, it just helps so much. He's got a coach. He's got a coach. Yeah. Um, so uh, should you alter macro? Should you do this, this, this? Like honestly, I, I really think this is uh, – if you've reached maintenance with a coach – about six months ago and have remained there since. And then you increased calories over the last, or you said the only calories you've increased is via protein, 130 to 145 grams. It's only 15 grams. I don't think that's going to cause any weight gain. If it does, it's going to be very temporary bloat. Um, and that's going to dissipate in a week or two. So I, I doubt it's that. Um, and you said that was over a two and a half months period. And you just did that two weeks ago, which I think is a good move. Um, one of two things happens either you just overshot maintenance a little bit um, or, and we talked about this in the last podcast Q&A, like maintenance is a range. It's not a set thing. So if your coach worked you up to 1800 calories and said, hey, this is your maintenance, but your lifestyle changed to a point where your activity level went down, your maintenance is no longer 1800. And what I mean by that is, let's say you were walking 10,000 steps a day, you were training super hard on a full body program, which is gonna burn more calories in an upper lower split, for example. You were doing sprints on a couple days, you were sleeping eight hours a night. Maybe you started a new job, now you're sleeping six and a half hours. Yeah. Maybe your steps went from 9,000 to 7,000, and you're still doing the same lifting. A day? Well, a day, 9,000 to 7,000. Okay. It's only 2,000, it's really not that much. Okay. Um, I usually hit like 8,000 a day and that's if I go on a few walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't hit much. But point being is like just those small changes change your maintenance calories because it's that range, right? Mm. Um, it's not a set fixated number. And so your metabolism isn't linear. So what could have happened is some lifestyle factors happened and you just can't maintain on as many calories. Um, it could be as simple as that. Now, if you've been at maintenance for six months uh, or more and your biofeedback is good, your sleep is good, you said your hormones are good, everything's fine, then go for a cut. There's no reason to – like I think the only way, reason you would do a mini cut is if you really don't want to lose much weight. You just want to shave off a few pounds and get back to lean gaining. So the only time I ever take people through a mini cut is like we're in the process of gaining and they get uncomfortable. They're like, hey, I've, I've gained a little too much. Like I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. It's like, okay, let's pull back. We'll do a cut for like four to eight weeks hard, aggressive to the point, and then we'll get you right back to lean gaining. For sure. And we bring your calories right back up. But you have to be set on the idea of lean gaining and going into a lean bulk if that's 
if you're going to do a mini cut. Otherwise, I would just say go into a full cut. There's no red flags to tell me you can't go into a full cut. And most likely what's happening is you're just forgetting that maintenance is a range versus a fixated number. And you probably are at the lower end of that range and you're probably eating at the higher end of that range. Mm. So you can either A, drop your calories just a little bit and stay at maintenance and not worry about anything. Or you could just increase energy expenditure so you can bring back up to what your your normal maintenance once was. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a complicated question, honestly. So you can say that she can do a full cut. Yeah, if yeah. she wants to, absolutely. All right. Nice. So se- uh, second question is from Leon Lindsay. Leon Lindsay. I can't. That's a long, weird word. Hey, Cody. <laughs> or it's a word or a name. Uh, that's a long, weird word. <laughs> hey, Cody, I have a question for your podcast and would love for- – some of your expertise. I have a new client with a goal to lose fat. She is 175 pounds looking to get down to 165. She trains 45 minutes of cardio and 30 minutes of weight training three times per week. In the past, she's consumed 15 to 1500 to 1600 calories in a, an attempt to lose weight. In my calculations, this intake isn't really enough, even with the goal of fat loss. I have suggested she consume 1800 daily with 35, 25, 40 split protein, carbs, fat, as suggested by PN for endomorphic body type. Mm-hmm. She is really nervous about the calorie increase. Am I wrong to start here? Here, I figured it, it. I figured it is best to start at a base and remove as needed during the process. If I'm wrong, I would love to know. And my suggestion is right. I would love to be able to explain to her how more calories will help her lose weight. So I think like I think at the end of the day with this one, this is one of those questions where I know, but the, okay. I mean. She was like the right. Yeah. The rest of it isn't, isn't necessary for the listeners. I think that like, cause I already read these questions before. I think that, um, this is one of those things where people get in this idea that like eating more, like, Oh, you're not losing weight. You need to eat more food. Like you're under eating. So you're not losing weight. Like that's a common thing. That's a very simplistic way to explain a very complicated and long-term issue going on. So if you're not losing weight because you're under eating, it's more likely that you have a hormonal or metabolic dysfunction from extended periods of time under eating that has put you in a compromised position. So you don't need to eat more food to lose weight. You need to eat more food to just feel better and fix your physiology and create, create more function in your metabolism. And then months down the road, we can lose weight. Very every once in a while you get a hyper responder where you increase food, they feel so much better that neat goes up, energy expenditure goes up, metabolism goes up, so on and so forth, and they lose weight. But it's like a dime a dozen. Yeah. Like it's like the reverse dieting. Like people think like, oh, I need to reverse diet to get lean. It's like, no, no, no. Like one out of every twelve people get leaner when they reverse diet. And usually it's just because they're chronic dieting. And when they chronic diet, they're like sedentary because they have no energy. And then you give them food. They have a ton of energy. They start walking more. They start training harder. And then they lose weight through energy expenditure. But it all comes back to SECO, calories in versus calories out, and this energy balance. So I would say like you may need to reverse diet her up to maintenance and leave her there for a little bit. But at the same time, like I I would also say – She's not super low calorie, so bringing her calories up to 1,800 and expecting her to lose weight is probably not the right thinking or logic behind it. Um, if you're going to have her eat more, it's, it's going to be because she's been in a deficit for months and she's not seeing results. But there's a lot of times, too, where I'll bring calories down even lower. Like I think she said it was like 1,600 or something like yeah. 1,500, 1,600, and she wasn't a, 128 pounds, I believe. Uh, 
175 pounds? Trying to get to 165. Okay. Um, so that's, I mean, that's pretty low. But, like, at the same time, her, I, I'd ask what her macros are at, too. Because I see a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm eating 1,500 calories. I'm not losing weight. And it's like, well, 1,500 calories of fat and carbs, and you're barely eating any protein. Like, let's bump your protein up. Keep your calories where they're at. And that will actually put you in a productive deficit. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's also adherence. There's a lot of people who are following a low-calorie diet, and if you really like get meticulous with their MyFitnessPal and how they're measuring and stuff, you find out that there's just too much food going untracked. Like there's there's been so many times where I'm like, something's not right here. Like you should be losing weight, and I'm like, hey, are you using a food scale? No. Do I need to? And I'm like, oh, absolutely, because it's like, oh, I ate you know, like a cup of sweet potato and then you weigh and it's actually like equivalent to three cups. It's like, yeah. oh, that was actually 60 carbs, not 20. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I had a four ounce steak. Really? It was seven ounces. So that's an extra five grams of fat. Yeah. Um, I didn't track my oil. That's another 10, 15 grams of fat because you put a tablespoon in. So like sometimes it's like, hey, can we measure everything? Are you measuring everything you consume? Like even the oil when you cook in a pan, are you putting a teaspoon, put a teaspoon, don't just dump a little bit in and cross your fingers. It's there's some people who could get away with that, yeah. but if you're trying to lose weight and you're trying to progress, you need to be somewhat meticulous and it's really easy. Like the amount of time it takes me to dump into the pan versus dump into a teaspoon first and then in the pan, five seconds. If not, if, yeah. It's so easy. It's, it's yeah. so easy. And a lot of people will dump a tablespoon in there because the tablespoon is like a normal amount of oil. Mm -hmm. I use a teaspoon, which is a third of the amount of fat and it's, like uh, plenty oil on a skillet to cook eggs or meat or anything. So I think a lot of people overdo that as well. But at the end of the day, I think you have to look at everything that is non-calorie related first. So anytime you get a client like this, you got to look at how is your sleep? How is your stress? How is your training? Um, are you actually weighing your food? Are you actually measuring your food? Are you getting enough greens? Are you hitting your, your macros? Or are you just hitting calories? Like let's work on every little thing that doesn't require re removing calories before we get to that because her 1,500 calories might actually be 2,000. And then if it is, then you can actually, instead of increasing her to 1,800, you actually drop her down to 1,800. Because if you bring her calories up to, to 1,800, quote unquote, and her, her habits and her ability to adhere to a diet are so off, yeah. she'll be consuming even more than 1,800 because she's consuming more than that right now at 1,500, quote unquote. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things. I think you have to get kind of meticulous with things. Um, and there's sometimes there's nothing wrong with going in an extreme deficit. Like I think a lot of people are afraid to cut calories. Like I'm, I'm 170 pounds, so I'm not super heavy. But I have, I'm young. I have high testosterone levels, relatively speaking, compared to an average individual. Um, I train really hard. I have a high energy expenditure. I have a lot of muscle mass for a normal person. So I should be able to eat a lot of calories. And I actually can eat pretty high calorie and maintain my weight. But when I get down to a photo shoot, I'm eating like fucking 1,500 calories on some days. Damn. It's just part of a diet. People yeah. are afraid to diet. You got to get in a fucking deficit. And that's yeah. what it takes. When I want to get shredded, I got to eat low calories. Now I don't eat 1500 calories seven days a week, but I remember plenty of days where it would be like three days in a row at like low. And it's like, I'm hungry, but guess what? That's part of fat loss. Yeah. And then I have a repeat day. Um, so I'm kind of going on a rant now, but I think at the end of the day, like it's just important to, to kind of get all your ducks in a row before you, you reverse diet. And then just remember like saying that you need to eat more food to lose weight is, is completely inaccurate and overly simplistic. However, I know exactly what she means by that. And if you, it's an indirect avenue towards losing weight because that's, that's 
eating more food is, is a way to remove stress and, and create function out of dysfunction. And if you can achieve that, you can achieve a deficit because sometimes a deficit, and this is another thing to like point out is like a lot of people will say, Oh, like I went into a calorie deficit deficit, but it didn't work for me. And it's like, well, you didn't go in a calorie deficit. You thought you did because the calculation said that you were in a deficit, but you have dysfunction in your physiology. And because of that, a deficit for you is way lower than the average person or what it should be. Gotcha. So if I calculate on an online calculator and it tells me a deficit is 1,800 calories, but I've been eating 1,800 calories, well, my metabolism is downregulated. Therefore, that calculation is incorrect. Mm-hmm. 1,400 is an accurate deficit. And people just read the calculation like it's like written in stone. And that's, I think that's the problem there. Um, and there's other people that it, it can be even higher. So they'll drop down to the, what the calculator says and it's, that's not accurate for them. And they went too hard on it. So, and this is why like coaching is more than just like punching some numbers in a calculator. Like we use four different calculators and we take a person's average calories and weight over uh, as long as we can, ideally week to two, but even if it's five days. So I'll, I'll calculate in like three to four different formulas And then I'm going to see what has your weight been every day for the last week. So what's your average weight and then what's your average calorie intake? Because that's the most accurate thing. If all these calculators tell me 1,700, 1,800, 1,900 for your maintenance and you've been eating 1,500 maintaining your weight, 1,500 your maintenance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's what blows me away is like people will, will sign up clients and do a calculation without asking what you're currently eating or seeing what your current weight is. And it's like, how do you even know anything accurately yeah. right um but that's exactly why we as a team we have like we have a, a a thing that we actually have like multiple calculations and then we do the average and then we can look at all of these different data points and go okay based on all these different perspectives what do i think like the actual sum is going to be in the actual uh most accurate thing to use is did i answer that question yeah okay so it's it got me on a rant yeah, but bump it uh bumping it up before the deficit it's just the process before the process. Exactly. That's exactly right. Like yeah. focus on something else for a while so you can come back to this. And, I think and, that's, do, and come back to it and do it correctly. That's the whole point of, of phasing your diet. Like I think people just – they just want to diet. And there's a lot of companies that will just put you through a diet. But like we're, we're pretty stubborn on that because we believe that we need to show you the proper phases of dieting so that you can – Or listen to the podcast. Prepare – yeah, or listen to the podcast. Prepare for the diet. Diet effectively instead of wasting your time and spinning your wheels – and then recover from the diet so yep. that later on down the road you can do it again. For sure. Like I'm already – I talked to Eric about my cut that I'm going to do in a year. Literally a year. Like that's crazy. But I know what I did for my last photo shoot. I reversed for, out of that. I've been at maintenance and now we're trying to get me into a healthy surplus where I can gain at a slow rate. And then we're just going to coast there, right? Just tweaking minor things. For as long as I can and as much muscle as I can build. And that's going to take probably a year. And then we're going to cut. But I'm going to be in such a productive place to cut by the time that comes that it's going to be way easier. Nice. Now, I think everything I do is uh, probably exaggerated because I do this for a living. Yeah. And I've been – when you've been doing training and nutrition for eight to nine years and you're already relatively lean, you have to be more patient with that yeah. stuff. But somebody comes to me and they've, they've got 30 pounds to lose. I'm not going to say, hey, let's build muscle for th- a year first yeah. <laughs> and then we can lose 30 pounds. Like totally different. But, like, I think just putting it out there as an example of, like, you have to be patient. You have to go through the phases. I for think sure. it's just important for people to hear. Absolutely. All right, next question. Don't laugh at me. No, dude. That, if you said that to a new client, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh, okay, just get hung up. Let's on. let's go through a bulk. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Juan Defit. Does a client? Nope. Juan Defit. But uh, she's a fan. She 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 go. shares the podcast quite a bit. So thank you. I appreciate it. Hi, Cody. I have a question. If you don't mind, do you mind? Nope. I guess. Do you have any info on what HCG diets do to metabolism? Do you think it it is effective negatively? Especially if someone with long HX of yo-yo dieting, chronic intermittent or extended fasting. I'm assuming HX means history. Sure. I've never I long mean, history of yo-yo. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense, but yep. I've never heard that. I thought that was some fitness term. <laughs> <laughs> some term I've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the end of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You want me to repeat uh, it? No, no, no. It's good. Uh, I, I, I actually she sent me a DM that was uh, longer than that, and I was like, Hey, do you mind if I? tackle this on the podcast because I think it's a good topic. And the reason I want to, so I asked her too, I was like, are you talking about the little droplets you do on your tongue? And she was like, oh no, this is an injection. So you actually go to the doctor and they do it that way. Um, HCG diets? Yeah. Oh. But they made one that you could buy at Rite Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first diet I ever tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> Different podcast. <laughs> fuck, that was horrible. It, it basically is, and, and so do I think that this causes issues with the metabolism? 100%. Because essentially what you're doing is you, you either take these drops or they give you a shot. I think it's literally placebo, like placebo water. Yeah. Because during the diet, you eat 500 calories. Dude, like my breakfast and lunch was like a rice crisp bar made by that company, which was just like crunchy air. Like it was horrible. <laughs> and then, <laughs> calories a day? And, then, and yeah, and the dinner was a chicken breast with a half a cup of brown rice and like asparagus. Okay. And that's all you eat. What about lunch? Another rice crisp bar. Oh so you literally God. have two meals of these little bars and then – so like imagine this. Breakfast That's not a is, diet, bro. Bre- That's starving. <laughs> Starvation. Yeah. Breakfast is a rice cake basically. Lunch is a rice cake and then dinner is chicken and brown rice and not it's even a, that much. Yeah. And you have this – and I think the HCG, I, my, my thought is that it's probably something that helps suppress appetite. Dude, this uh, company is amazing for making <laughs> – getting people to do it like – People will do anything to lose weight quick, and I lost weight fucking quick, dude. I like, like literally, like yeah. I dropped like twenty pounds, yeah. like in a month, if that. Yeah. And I remember like family, everybody being like, "What the fuck?" And I wasn't working out, nothing. It was for, <laughs> I was just like, "This is dope." I actually never forget this, dude. And then I went to Sun Valley with Thomas, yeah. who we both know, and went snowboarding up at their their place. Stayed there for the weekend, and I ate like a normal person, right? There's like, like I'm, I'm literally, I was 18. Yeah. So there was like this like hot dog stand in the mountains. We'd snowboard, eat some hot dogs, and we went out to dinner with like Mike and everybody had like pasta and stuff yeah. like that. Just ate like a normal person. Gained like, came back like 10 pounds heavier. And I was like, what the fuck? And then it was like hard for me to jump back on these little like starvation diet, and I just gained all the weight back. And then some. Damn, that it, pasta was good. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like. Okay, that didn't work. That's actually what got me like, okay, what's the next thing I could try? So I got men's health and I and then I followed like Jay Cutler's diet. That worked for a little bit and then I fell off. So I like I went through all these fad diets and that was the first one I went through. She's saying it's an injection, but it's the same company. You can go through a doctor, you can go through Rite Aid <laughs> pharmacy um, and just do the droplets on your tongue. But essentially like what you were doing is you were going into an extremely low calorie deficit. You're having some kind of supplement that probably suppresses appetite and possibly just creates a placebo effect. So you think that you don't need to eat, yeah. um, which is, placebo effect is very true. There's actually a really good book called The Placebo Effect, and it's like unbelievable what they get people to believe and, and do. Like, There's like a story of a, a guy doing ACL surgery, a doctor doing ACL surgery, didn't actually do the ACL surgery, no. but told the person he did. 
Dude walked out totally fine. No. Had no idea. Until they told him. I think they told him. Then it's like, fuck, nobody hurts again. But Wait, how, all right. the brain is a powerful thing, man. I don't remember if it was ACL or if it was a meniscus or what it was. But basically, the guy was supposed to have knee surgery of some sort or something. So you go in, you can't walk, and you say, all right, I did it. They put him out, and they did they, – they, they, like, cut him, right? So he had st- – like, he was like, oh, I, had, I had fucking surgery. Oh. But and still – okay. Well, he's – yeah, but he was on crutches, right? Yeah. Healed up. He was fine. Damn. Never had surgery. So he walked out on crutches. Yeah. Okay. But, okay, like, okay. like imagine, like, going through a full surgery process, but not having surgery. It was for a yeah, study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that eight months later? It's like, actually, we never really fixed it. <laughs> and now your knee starts hurting again. Gotcha. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher pops out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> all right keep going but the the placebo effect's real and so maybe it's that but essentially what you're doing is you're going on a low calorie diet if, if somebody anybody listen to this don't do this but if you did eat 500 calories a day you'll lose weight you're promise. not you, i promise so and this is where like people have to remember like no like i've tried these low calorie diets it's like so what about the people who are literally starving in, in third world countries that are like skin and bone where it's like really yeah, scary yeah, to yeah. see? Super sad. Why aren't, why aren't they still overweight saying they have a slow metabolism? Because they eat less than 500 calories a day. So when somebody says, I can't lose weight on 1,200 calories, what's going on here? Oh. Right? So like yeah. the, my whole point with that is is you can lose weight yeah. if you're actually in a deficit. There is dysfunction there, and there's a lot of people who are in a deficit for most time, and then they binge on the weekends, and it kind of offsets it, and that's why like having balance in your diet and a good relationship with food is important, and having like a small deficit for a longer period of time so it's easier to sustain, less stressful. Point being is these diets put you on a chronically low diet for a short, uh, a short period of time. You lose a ton of weight, and then kind of like what we talked about that one study in the last podcast where – uh, these individuals were more likely to rebound and gain more yeah. weight afterwards because they lost muscle mass during the process. That's going to happen. Your metabolism is going to downregulate just like it always does because metabolic adaptation is reality. And when you lower calories, your 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 metabolic range, your, your maintenance range lowers too. Um, and that's what's happening during this diet. There's even a diet called the velocity diet. I tried this one too. Um, and it was like a, it was like a peak week shred on uh, T Nation. And it was like basically like you have – uh, f- six whey protein shakes per day and you take uh, one to two fish oils with each shake. That's it. Just eat that. Just so you're getting protein. You're getting protein to maintain muscle and you're getting uh, essential fatty acids to maintain some neurological health. It's, it's, it's supposed just to be no like food. No, it's supposed to be like a, like a little, like a five to seven day diet where oh. you just like crank through it. Of course, being young, I was like, Oh, just do this. Eat, eat on Sunday, do it again, eat on Sunday. And it was just like, no, nah, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Didn't last long. But point being is anytime you put people on a chronic low diet and you're basically starving them, they're going to lose weight, but they're also going to have some serious metabolic adaptation issues with it. It's going to cause poor relationship with food. It's going to cause loss of muscle mass. So these individuals doing this, um, especially in the circumstances you're talking about adding fasting and all these different things, they are absolutely going to have some long-term negative dysfunction and adaptation to their hormones, to their um, metabolism, and most importantly, to their relationship with food. It's going to be shitty, and, and that's going to cause long-term psychological problems with dieting and exercise and stuff like that. For sure. Dude, I just got to ask about that uh, 500 calories a day thing. How do you function? Like, you know, I tell it, you, when I don't eat enough, like I get cramps, like I can't move or do anything. Yeah, and I can't either, dude. Like, But I'm used to eating a lot of food. Yeah. So if I only ate 500 calories, I'm fucking starving, but dude. I'm, I can't function. I'm literally talking about when you did it. So the 
the thing with that is this. You're probably eating a lot of food then too, but. Well, two things. Number one, I wasn't strength training at all. Yeah. So I didn't have that energy expenditure. Um, I I had very little responsibility uh, mentally. Mm -hmm. Like I lived with my parents and I worked at Rite Aid. It was not much thinking in my day. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, fuck, just do whatever. And uh, and I was going to school, but I, I wasn't paying attention to school. I hadn't transferred to health fitness. I was going to school for business, and I was yeah. just fucking failing everything. Um, but there's that. And then also, too, like for an extended period of time, when you have a lot of weight to lose, you actually will be fine because you have energy stores on your body. So yeah. what body fat is is literally your body taking food and calories and going, I'm going to store this here. So if I starve, I have something to survive on. So when you go into this like quote unquote starvation diet, you'll be fine for a while because you got fat to, to support neurological function, energy to walk and do stuff. Um, some people actually even feel better at first because they're able to like use the, the energy they have stored. That's why there was a guy that fasted for a full year. He literally just drank water for a full year and he lost like 300 pounds. Yeah, he was, he was now granted he was in a hospital. So they were like monitoring him and they had like a, like a IV for like vitamin B and shit like that. Like, so, but he didn't eat, didn't eat for a year. Nutrients. No nutrients, 365. Well, I mean, like I said, they have an IV to give him like vitamins, B, C, D, whatever. But a lot of that is already, so a lot of vitamins are actually stored, uh, via body fat. So he probably had a ton of vitamins just sitting on his body. And that's what, damn. The body is meant to do shit like that. So you can go. And that's why fasting isn't unhealthy to do. Yeah. You can fast and not eat. Um, some people even feel more clarity when they do that. I don't. But um, I think it's just one of those things where like while you have – so like I had enough fat to lose where I was cool for a while. But that's why it didn't last. It didn't last longer than 30 days. Like at that point, I'm dying. I'm at low energy. My body was craving food. I couldn't stick to the diet. And that's usually what happens to people. Mm. But damn, you can survive for a little bit. Wow. I just love food. It's like, why not? Why not eat? If our circadian rhythm influences the metabolism, processing, utilization of, of the food we eat, energy production, and subsequently impacts body composition, how does traveling and time zones affect this? Who, who asked this one? Amita. Amita with the complicated question. So I think you are, unless you are somebody listening to this that travels Every week, I think this is completely splitting hairs. Yeah. Um, how does traveling affect? Or even, or even traveling every week in different time zones. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're traveling in different time zones, does it affect your circadian rhythm? Absolutely. Like, that's why we have jet lag. That's why we lose sleep. That's why we're, like, have complete, like, brain fog the next day. Um, but it's really just a matter of any time you are taking your body out of its normal, like, circadian rhythm, its normal feeding and sleeping window – you will have chronological dysfunction for a temporary period of time. Yeah. So for a while, your, your eating habits, your energy, your cravings, your sleep, your stress, those things will be out of whack. But it, like, I mean, it, it changes pretty quickly. For sure. You know what I mean? You travel over, uh, over a different time zone, a couple of days, you're going to be kind of out of whack, and then you're going to re-regulate, and you'll be totally fine. Um, if you're doing it constantly, it's that nonstop dysfunction and, and issue that it's going to cause more long-term problems because you're tweaking it and fucking with it so much but i think this is really just kind of splitting hairs i think at the end of the day like if you can try to control your feeding windows as much as you can you'll be fine and even sometimes if you sleep uh if you still keep your sleeping hours somewhat relatively close you're not gonna see a huge effect um i mean there's a lot of people like we were talking about jordan shallow this morning that dude travels literally 24 he doesn't have a home i don't think he has a home right now 
Last time I talked to him, he was like, dude, I don't have any way. Because I was like, hey, where do I send you something? I was going to send him a gift. He's like, dude, I, fuck. You sent it here, but I, I, I haven't been there in months. Probably <laughs> won't be there in months. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, <laughs> last time I talked to him, he was at Don Saladino's gym in New York. And like Don walked by the bed. He's like, boom, boom, what's up? And he was like, dude, why are you in New York? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm flying out to New Zealand. And then I'm going to London. And then I'm going to Ireland. And then I'm back in Toronto and then Calgary. And then I'm going, dude, it's just like nonstop. Nonstop. That's what he loves it. It's dope. He loves this question, but he's doing fine. Yeah, that is my point. Like, oh yeah, it, it's not the end of the world. Like you can you can maneuver around it. So what does he do? He he only trains, which is crazy because he's fucking huge. He trains four days a week, and I was thinking he would train more. Is yeah. why I was saying that. But he trains four days a week, and he bases those training days off of his his travel schedule. So if he travels long-term, he's not going to train the next day. He might not train for a couple days and then he might hit a few days in a row. You got to re-regulate your sleep. You got to adjust your food patterns, trying to eat in the same windows all the time, having like a structured eight to 10 hour eating window, um, maybe 12, but like having 10 to 15, 10 to 14 hours of, of just no eating sleep. Like you just do the best you can. For like, sure. like does it, does it affect all these things? hundred percent. Go listen to the Chrono Nutrition podcast I did with Danny Lennon. Read his Chrono Nutrition blog on Stronger by Science. Unbelievable information. And it just shows you that like making sure your circadian rhythm or your body clock or the way you structure your eating and your sleeping windows is on point dictates a lot of how your hormones function about how much muscle you can build and how much fat you can lose. But it's, it's only going to be affected if it's constantly affected. That's why people who have night shifts, it's really fucked up. Yeah. But – that's because it's and it's not travel, but it's worse than travel because it's it's like all the time. Every week they have you know yeah consistent Even more than consistent exactly. Um, and if they have a daily job that's a night shift, it's literally every day that yeah. they're out of whack. Because even if they like some people will say, well, I do it every day, so I get used to it. It's like you might get used to it mentally, but your body knows when it's light out and when it's dark out. Yeah. And therefore, your melatonin, your hormone levels, your circadian rhythm will try to adjust to that, but you're trying to adjust it to something else. Just fucks with it. So. Yeah. Does it affect it? Absolutely. I think you're probably splitting hairs um, unless you're traveling quite a bit. Gotcha. Joanna Hernandez. Have you heard anything about eating accordingly to your central nervous system? So I think this is like, I think this is again splitting hairs. Um, I think, I, I want to say Charles Poliquin did some stuff about this where like he would talk about eating like protein and fat in the morning because uh, like you can basically rewire your neurotransmitters to be running off fat for fuel. And the thing with this is, is like a lot of people got to remember, like if you eat more fat, you will burn more fat, but you have more fat to burn mm -hmm. because you're eating more fat. So for people, sure. like if you look at a, a study of like, if we're talking about fat loss for like a low carb versus a uh, low fat, if you go on a low carb diet, they burn more fat. But if you look at a low fat, high carb diet, they lose more total fat on their body. So when they do these research studies and they say, oh, it's a low carb diet and they're actually burning more fat, they are burning more fat, but they're also ingesting so much more fat that they're taking in fat, trying to burn it all. So that adds up to the amount of total fat they're losing. But net fat loss is actually greater in a higher carb diet because more carbs equals more muscle mass and carbs are hard as hell uh, through de novo li lipogenesis. Like that's the process of storing carbs as fat. Yeah. It's really difficult for the body to do. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, yes and no. And in some, there's some, some good research that shows, like, I think I talked about this a little bit, like the, the axon, which is a part of your spinal cord that goes up into your brainstem. It is predominantly made out of, of lipids, fat. So it is important to have fat. But a lot of that too is like, you don't need 
You don't need to be keto to have that benefit. I have a low car, a low fat diet, but I get enough fat for my nervous system and my spinal cord, my brain, like all those things to function at a high level. And it's because the types of fat I'm choosing are really healthy and really good quality. And I'm getting the bare minimum amount to be efficient. So I think like eating for your, your nervous system honestly comes down to more um, about just eating enough calories. I, I think when people start spinning things and trying to say like this macronutrient ratio is going to be better for neurological function, I think it's more about like, are you getting enough fats? Okay, cool. The difference between 30 and 40% isn't going to affect your nervous system. Just getting enough is going to affect your nervous Mm. system. Um, And I think the same thing with calories in general. Like if you're in a deficit, your nervous system is not going to be healthy. I don't care how like detailed your nervous system diet is, right? If you're in a deficit, your body is running on minimal fuel all systems are going to go down. Um, and that's okay. That's part of a diet. Like they're going to slow down. Then you give a refeed and then you come back to it. And it's, your, your goal is to lose fat, not to have the most functional nervous system in the world. Um, True. but I have heard a little bit about nervous system dieting and like dieting for your nervous system. I really, I truly believe that it comes down to having enough calories, just making sure you have the minimum amount of fat. Um, even carbohydrates are going to play a role in your nervous system and then having enough, uh, micronutrients. So there's a lot of different micronutrients, iodine, zinc, vitamin D, like things that actually affect the nervous system, the hormonal system, the endocrine system, all those things. So sometimes it's just about food quality as well. Um, but I also will say too, I haven't dug into, if there's anybody out there who's creating the, like, central nervous system diet protocol. I haven't read into it. I haven't dug into it. Most of the time, things like that don't hold a lot of water and it really does come down to calorie balance and having an individualized macronutrient in in dietary protocol. Gotcha. All right. So next one is from M power M power. Hey Cody, love your podcast so much. I decided to embark on a phase of building up my metabolism for my next cut. My plan is to focus on slowly increasing calories while building muscle in a six-day split. My question for you is regarding NEAT. I currently average 9,000 steps per day. Should I keep that steady during my metabolic building phase, or should I try and slowly increase NEAT to an addition, or in addition to adding calories gradually over a 12-week building phase? Sometimes I think like when – because a lot of times these questions are coming from Instagram, and I'll just copy and paste. And sometimes like – you know when people type on their phone on yeah. the social media? <laughs> Compared to an email form, yeah. like the email form's grammar is so much you better. You should proofread them for me. <laughs> I like this, dude. It's fun. <laughs> um, guys, remember we do have a podcast form. So if you do have long form questions, fill them out there because we do appreciate like great grammar in format. So it's just easier to read and it's easier. It's also easier for you to articulate what you want us to answer. Um, some of these questions, they're not necessarily saying, hey, can you answer this on the podcast? They just DM me and yeah. I'll just say, do you mind if I answer this on the podcast? But um, – Okay, so do I think you should increase NEAT as you increase calories is essentially what she's saying. I don't think you should do either. Mm. I think you should just let it naturally happen. Um, if you try to hold it steady, uh, you're, you're restricting your body from movement, which I just don't think is – I mean there's no reason to do that. If you want to get up and walk or move, just do it. But if you are constantly moving more as you add calories – yeah, you'll stay leaner while increasing calories, but you're also spending more and more time doing cardio or walking or moving or trying to monitor your steps. Because if you think about it like this, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm trying to reverse diet to increase my calories. But if I'm bringing my calories up and I'm bringing my steps up with it, I'm literally bringing up my maintenance together, both through movement and through food consumption. So you're kind of canceling each other out. It's like a, it's a, is that a double negative? 
Is that what that is? Sure. Double yeah. positive? Yeah. No, it's so double negative. Yeah. Double negative. Um, you're basically canceling it out because every time I add calories, I move more and burn those calories. So if you're trying to build your metabolism and trying to reverse diet for hormonal or f- to have more food to build muscle and stuff like that, you don't want to move more because then you're just burning those extra calories through movement. Yeah. Now, if you're like, I really just want to eat more food, then you could do that because you'd probably be able to maintain your weight on higher calories because you're moving. But usually that happens naturally. Yeah. Like when you increase your calories, oftentimes neat naturally increases um, to a uh, to a point that's normal physiologically. But after that point, your body isn't going to just keep moving more and more and more because you're eating like at the end of the day, like there's going to get a certain point where you stop moving so much and you're going to gain weight. And that's okay, but that's part of the reverse diet. You go until you get to that point. Um, so I think at the end of the day, you're kind of having a double negative here. You're canceling each other out. There's no reason to try to linear, linearly increase calories and steps together. Um, it's more about one of those things of like just increase your calories. And if your steps naturally increase because of that, which is very common, let it happen. Um, and then just make sure you know what those are. So when you go into a cut, you can try to maintain them because it's more important to keep them steady during a cut than it is uh, to keep them steady during a reverse diet. For sure. And you just move more. Like when you increase calories, you move more. It's just part of it. Yeah. All right, we got one last one. Uh, this one's from Sarah Utterland. Everyone who exercises says it gives you so much energy. For me, it doesn't. Damn. <laughs> I feel so empty and drained, and I can barely stay awake. I work from home, so it's not a disaster if I have to take a nap, but I have no energy. My knee is way down, which bothers me a lot. I eat at maintenance. My weight it has been stable with the macros I have for for a while now, I eat 90% voluminous. I'm assuming. On the days I work, I work out fasted at 9:30 a.m. The fatigue hits me the most. The other two days are mostly fine. Should I start eating prior? You know, it's funny. This made me think of this. Um, my uh, I, my grandma used to read all of my, as far as still does, all my newsletters. Yeah. All she'd print them out. She had a filing cabinet. <laughs> Of like printed out newsletters. I was like, Grandma, these were like daily newsletters you that I sent out. A lot. Stop wasting paper. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up and read them all. I was like, Stop. You don't need to do that. That's awesome. Uh, I love you, Nandy. And uh, she she like, sent me a gift, and I was like, I don't know if this is like a compliment, like or like you're trying to help me, or if you're like if I take this as disrespect. A gift. Yeah. She sent me a grammar book. Ah. <laughs> I was straight up like. I saw a lot of punctuation issues. You should read this. It's like, damn. All right, grandma. But voluminous foods are like romaine lettuce is a voluminous food. So eating a voluminous meal when you're on a diet is helpful because if I have a huge salad with like tomatoes and, and uh, tons of lettuce and chicken, it's all like low calorie foods, but it's really filling. Like yeah. you have this huge bowl of food, voluminous, but it's not that many calories. Um, sometimes people eat too voluminous and they're actually not getting enough calories because they're eating fucking salads and like super like filling foods that don't have a lot of calories and calories are what give you energy. So two things that I would say in here, like if you're sleeping good, don't worry about that. Obviously. Um, number one is going to be stop training fasted hundred percent agree with what you said. Even if it's early in the morning, just have something, have liquid Mm. calories drink. Like literally you can blend a whey protein shake with a banana and even can put some oats in there and and grind it up. So you have a little bit of starch as well and just have a smoothie in your fridge waiting, wake up, slam it. It's like 300 calories, 400 calories right in the morning, right away. Even if you just got a whey protein and a banana, 
even a whey protein in like a rice cake. You can eat anything, but having some kind of food before you go to the session is proven to give you better performance and more energy and better recovery throughout that session, which is going to create less of a, uh, a influx of cortisol and, and less of a dump on your energy. And it's going to help you from a from an energy and a fatigue standpoint afterwards. So definitely stop fasting completely. Um, balance out your meals better. So you should be aiming to have protein, fats, and carbs in every meal. Like take your total protein, take your total carbs, take your total fat, divide it up by five meals and space those meals out throughout the day. So you're getting constant feedings and take yourself out of a deficit. If you're eating at a deficit, you're golden. I think at the end of the day, like you sound like you're training hard and that's great, but I don't think you're overtraining by the sounds of it. You're getting enough sleep Um, but if you're not feeling more energetic and you're feeling more fatigued, then something is going on with whether it's your metabolism or your thyroid or your nervous system, or you're just under eating and it's causing those things to indirectly happen. Uh, but regardless, you probably need to feel better. You definitely need to cut out fasting, um, and just make sure that you're getting frequent feedings throughout the day. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.